Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Athletics Life Stories with your host, Chris Broadbent. Every day of my life, since then, and I mean every day of my life, since then, somebody has come up and gone, I've got both shoes on today. One day, 100 metres, and that's like one of the weirdest races you will ever see in your life. And that was the hard, so the hardest bit for me was, oh, my friend, you were over there. Yeah. I was here. Welcome to Athletics Life Stories with Chris Broadbent. Today I'm joined by five times European medalist, Commonwealth Games silver medalist, and now member of the Scottish Parliament, Brian Whittle. They say sport and politics shouldn't mix. Well, we will find out. Despite all the high achievement, he's probably still best known as being the man who lost his shoe while running 4x400m for Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Brian, it's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too, Chris. Good to see you. What an introduction that is. <laughs> I'm actually almost impressed with myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's it, that's it. Well done. So let's go right back to the start then. So are you were you born in air? Is that right? I was. I was born in air and uh, well, many, 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 many moons ago. <laughs> okay okay and, and were you sporty right from the off uh yeah i mean i always took part i mean um i, I can actually remember the first race i ever ran in funny enough uh to simonton primary school um here, here's an exclusive for you had athletics known at the time that we get i get paid sixpence for winning the primary one <laughs> whatever is 40 yard dash I might have been banned. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the first time I, I can remember the first time I ran in, in, when I was at Simon's Primary, uh, one of the school sports. I suppose back then they were red hot on that, weren't they? If you were, if you were, they were professional athletes, weren't they taking part in a professional sprint series, particularly in Scotland? <laughs> it was a thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember hearing that somebody got banned from competing in the art was, it was amateur athletics then for accepting a packet of sweeties. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, and I, and I think it obviously it became properly professional in the mid '80s, but uh, it was it was really harsh, and, and I never admitted to that. To that, just in case they said they took all my medals off me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's athletes have done worse things in their career <laughs> than that, Brian. I'm sure you're yeah. fine. I'm sure you're fine. Um, but you also played a bit of rugby and football, didn't you, at school? Uh, I did. I was I was rugby at school. In fact, I played rugby after uh, school as well for a year, and then went back to rugby. After I retired from athletics, um, you know, football. I, mean, I played football in the, the you know, my primary school football team, and and actually in my CV could write down quite, you know, uh, with, with with complete uh, honesty that I've played football for Air United um, because I was coaching them uh, in '96, okay. uh, and I just I just when I retired, I, I, I was still coaching them. I went on a pre season tour. Uh, up north, and uh, in the last game of the the, the tour, uh, the the manager shouts across, "Hey Brian, I said, what is it?" He said, "DL." He said, um, "Get your shinies on, you're on. We've run out of players." 
know, I actually played right back uh, for, for 45 minutes against, I think it was Dundee. And uh, I mean, by then we had we had, we had ex-internationals, you know, so the older ones, you know, Henry Smiths of the world and, you know, uh, those guys uh, in the team. And, uh, you know, so I can actually say with, in all honesty, I have played uh, for a professional football team. Um, but, if you, but if you look at the, when Dale wrote his, um, he was asked, you know, obviously afterwards about the tour and blah, 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 and it got out that I'd played. How did he get on? And his comment was, he ran around a lot and drank a lot of water. <laughs> <laughs> Played like an athlete. This is probably fair. <laughs> good, good. But you did, I mean, athletics was, uh, you obviously made some quick strides with it. You, we, we, did you go through the typical route of Scottish schools, British schools? Was that your, your route to it? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was late. I was a late bloomer, you know. I was I was I was a decent runner at school. wasn't the fastest runner at school. There's a guy called Dougie Campbell who now I've heard has deceased. I think was a, the Roger Black of you know potentially. Um, it was quicker than me at school. Um, and you know, but I mean, yeah, I just kept you know plumbing on. Met my coach from you know primary seven, running around a grass track. You know, did all my training on a grass track, and and, and my coach went right the way through to the end of my career. Did one of the Scottish schools high jump in 1980? Was it 1978? Mm. Uh, 1980, I was second and got to the British schools high jump. Um, met Jeff Parsons for the first time, who yeah. I now play golf with. Um, I, you know, in 1980, he was six foot five still. <laughs> he he didn't come into the competition till I was out. Uh, <laughs> so he. He persuaded me that high jump probably wasn't the way to go. Um, and, uh, you know, back then I was a, really an 800 metre runner. And uh, I hurt myself when we decided to do a, a year of 400 just to build the speed up. And I became a Scottish international. You know, I, I got my first junior international uh, one week before my first senior international. Right. Uh, so, I, you know, it wasn't until I was kind of 19 ish, 18, 19, really. That started uh, started coming to the fore. Okay, okay. Uh, and uh, at senior level, it was the Commonwealth Games in Edinburgh, wasn't it? That was your first breakthrough, really. Um, eighty six. Uh, I did the European Indoors in eighty six. Was my first okay. what I would call championship of any note. And then I did, uh, and then I did. I did the, the Commonwealth Games in eighty six, where I didn't run, you know, particularly well. Uh, I'd broken through earlier on in the year at the UK Championships, where uh, okay. I was second to Phil Brown. You know, we talked about Roger Black was third and Chris Akabusi was fourth. You know, right. I got went from 46.6 to 45.3 in one race, um, and I didn't run that well at the Commonwealth. I ended up fifth in the Commonwealth uh, in '86, and just made the the four before team for the Europeans off the back of that. Uh, in right. '86, which was as in your intro was the infamous one shoe thing uh, <laughs> is, uh, so yeah 86 was really the first big breakthrough of the year let's take the commonwealth games first and what, what was your what's your memories of that i mean you i did watch the final it's on youtube and you, you're in lane one there aren't you but you, you, you ran well but it's, it's tough from lane one though isn't it no i, I, did, I didn't run well actually okay. fair enough i uh, i mean I, I i what happened was i it was first four first four out of the semi-final to qualify for the final and i remember coming down the home straight very comfortable and just shut down and I allowed myself to come forth mm. you know and and i came forth i ended up in an outside lane and you're in an outside lane you're outside of the, the you know the, where the main protagonists are um and i then I mean, there's a storming wind in my face going down the back straight and i just ran too hard um and then you know swept into the the, the home straight alongside the favorite darren clark and roger black and made my move to the back you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh you know ended up coming fifth you know getting caught by phil brown and, and, and chris akabusi so I, I don't think I, I learned a lot learned an awful lot from i also ran the 200 by the way uh, in the yeah. commonwealth in 86 uh against ben johnson believe it or not Right. So uh, not a lot of people know. And the two, the two, the four, and the four by four in uh, in '86. I just got offered. We've got a spare place. Do you want one? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I could run the eight or the two. So I ran the two. Um, but no, I mean I learned a lot from the Commonwealth Games. And you know the home crowd as well probably got me over excited. I, I, you know I was a, I was you know a contender. 
you know, first time ever, and you know, we could say potentially that 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 affected how I ran. Okay, well, let's go on to the Europeans because that's that's the the infamous one that's where you uh, where you ran the, uh, the well, you won the four by four, a great team. Um, but fam- most famously, you lost your shoe right at the start of your your leg. It was the third leg, wasn't it? You ran. Yeah, I did I? I did. Well, I mean, I was a you know, both myself and Chris Akibushi were actually there as a you know, we were actually the first team. We were we, we were there as you know you know backup. Yeah. You know, and and uh, we're, so we ended up with two reserves in the team because uh, Todd Bennett. You know, we went down. I remember going down to watch Todd Bennett, God rest his soul, and run the 200 meters heats. You know, and and Chris is obviously you know, his friends of ours, a training partner, Chris, and Todd gets in the blocks and you know, bang out he goes, and his hamstring goes twanging, he's up in the air and he hits the floor, and I turn around to Chris and Chris goes, well, that's me and the team. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, and I'm, I'm I'm promoted to first baggage carrier. You know, at that point, and then I ran the, I ran the semi-finals. Um, uh, we rested Roger Black. I ran the semi-finals, uh, and that was my job done really. And it was only during warm-up that Phil Brown got injured, and I was kind of drafted in at the last minute uh, into the team, um, and onto the third leg, and uh, so I only had about 45 minutes notice that I was running. Uh, right. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I remember it quite vividly. But I remember it like you remember it, like watching it on TV, because you don't remember it when you're running. Funny that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it was, it was, it was, yeah. And, and I remember, I can remember, Akibusi, because Akibusi took the my shoe off. He stood in my heel as he gave me the baton. I can remember that feeling so vividly. It was your teammate, was it? Did it? I didn't realise that it was your yeah, teammate. It was, yeah, it was Chris, uh, who I was playing golf with last week. He was. <laughs> he hasn't changed a bit. But yeah, so I ended up. Uh, he never admitted it, by the way, until video evidence proved it was him. Because um, I think Vladimir Krylov, the Russian uh, of the USSR, as it was by then, uh, he got the blame, but it was actually Akibusi that did it. Right. Okay. Okay. But obviously a great result, and and. and immortalised by David Coleman, describing it as the fastest sock in history as well. Another one of Coleman's <laughs> fantastic quotes. <laughs> what does that actually mean? <laughs> I don't know, but it's special as having it articulated by David Coleman, though, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Good, good, good. I mean, it's, 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 you know, every day of my life since then, and I mean every day of my life since then, somebody has come up and gone, have you got both shoes on today? <laughs> and you see it as if, it's the first time I've ever heard it. And <laughs> you think how long ago that was, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. to think how long ago that was. Um, but uh, as I said, I, I, I you know, I, I can't remember running. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, people, yeah. well, how did you decide to run? Well, what do you mean, did I decide? <laughs> you just run. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I, I was lucky I had Roger Black on the last leg. Yeah. My job was to get the band to Roger, <laughs> let him do all the glory stuff. And I just sat on the USSR um, uh, on his shoulder. That's all I did, just sat there and just handed the band over. Very good, very good, yeah. I'm not going to dwell on every championship like that one, but I do look back on that 86 Europeans as being a really um, standout championships because yeah, when yeah. you look back now, I mean, um, even beyond the British team, like you've got, you know, Sergei Bobko in the pole vault, Inga Christensen. It's just full of iconic names from from athletics. They're just absolute legends. And the British team as well. It must have been, a, I mean, you probably weren't aware of it at the time, but I guess looking back now, a lot of big personalities there. Coe, Cram, Rivet, Linford Christie coming through, Daley Thompson, you know, Liz McCorgan. Yeah. It's, I mean, <laughs> but even Jack Buckner, now CEO at UFK Athletics. Yeah, yeah. It was, were you conscious of what, how, full of big personalities that team, isn't it? I mean, you know, the, the interesting thing was that you know, I remember me and McKean, Tommy McKean, uh, got mm. into the team at the same time. I remember one we were late for the first time we ever uh, the British team uh, uh, get together. We were we were, we were late uh, for the first one. Uh, we, we come stumbling in, but in the room, you're absolutely right. We're all these heroes of ours. Mm. You know, Daley Tom, Thompson, for goodness' sake. <laughs> you know, Steve Obet, who was my personal, yeah, you know, he was he was my sort of idol, uh, if you like. And, and Cohen and Crammy and, and all these people, Sally Gunnell was in there and, yeah. and Tessa Sands and, 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 and Fatima Whitbread and 
All these people right. that we grew up watching, all of a sudden you're sitting in the same room as these people. And, and, and I mean, it was quite, it's quite astounding. You look back, I mean, 86 was just ridiculous. Mm. You know, that's when, that's when um, Lumford Christie came to the fore. Mm. You know, and, and, and Roger Black. Uh, Tommy McKean, you know, that, 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 that three spitfires out the sun, you know, McKean, Cole, Cram, mm. 800 metres, and then Cram and Cole in the 1500 metres, and then Jack in the 5k, <laughs> just yeah. absolutely, since since every 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 day you look, there was people just doing these outrageous things, and yeah. we're all sitting at our team bus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. And in some ways, I guess the, the, the Scottish scene at the time was also, maybe not aware of it at the time, but look back, at that was a golden era. Um, you know, you had Tom McKean, you mentioned Yvonne Murray, Liz McColgan. Actually, many parallels with today's golden era yeah. from Scottish athletics, where it was like that, that middle distance fulcrum of, you know, Laura Muir, McColgan yeah. Mark II, if you like, <laughs> Whiteman Care. Do do you does it what's it like being part of a group like that? And does it do you get does it make a difference? Do you get pulled along by that? I mean, yeah, I, I think I remember at the time because because we all came in at about the same time, mm. and all of a sudden it's a golden era for Scottish athletics. I think what you know, and and we all went out roughly about the same time as well. Tommy McKean yeah. and I, I got my first international with Tommy. And we both retired on the same day. Right. Um, you, know, you know, completely separate from each other. And we all both, by the way, applied for the police on the same day as well. Right. Completely completely separate from each other. Um, uh, and he's still a policeman now. But but I always thought at the time, I mean, Elliot Bunny, um, who, who uh, was mm. kicking around at the time as well, who I had in Parliament two or three weeks ago. He's back right. from South Africa. He was in Parliament a couple of weeks ago. Um, Jeff Parsons. You know, um, Tom Hanlon and the steeplechase. Yeah, yeah. We had, we had a, a but, but it was all the same people. We're overrepresented as a country, but it was all the same people. And and we all disappeared out of the sport about the same time, and there was nothing behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this idea that we were doing fantastic wasn't completely true. We're doing fantastic mm-hmm. at that level. Um, you know, out with the system, if you like, but the system itself hadn't brought anybody through behind it. But when we turned, the fact that the fact that we had, like, I mean, I've known Tommy McKean, and he's my best mate. I've known him forever. He just lives twenty minutes from me. Um, we were in the team all the time together, so we always had had uh, you know that that sort of camaraderie and we, we, all these people uh, you know with us all the time. It, it did it did help. But there was that. I think without question, there is that comfort to be had from these people. Even, you know, Tommy and I did a bit of training together as well. So, um, yeah, it was, it was always it was always good to be Great Britain. It was always, you know, it's like mm. the, the Scots chipping. You know, we're very balanced, you know, the nation people that have got a chip in both shoulders. Um, that <laughs> uh, uh, It was always good to have, you know, a Scottish twang around about us. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So, uh, skip forward a bit. On, on to your first uh, Olympics in, in 88. Um now, you're the best of the Brits, though, weren't you, in the 400 metres? Uh, you ran a PB there. Um, yeah. Fifth in the tried relay. Try, yeah, I tried to run a really big PB in the, in the semi-final because yeah. it, was, it was 44 and a half to qualify. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, 50 metres out, I was still there. And then, you know, just operating at a, a pace I'd never operated that before. Um, and, you know, you want to you want to run the Olympic final. As it was, I did put my blocks down in the Olympic final, which was the... The four by four, and we didn't run particularly well uh, at that day. We, we, I, 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 the one time the team really was disjointed, 
Uh, we ended up fifth. I mean, but I, I ran three rounds of the 400 and then ran uh, three rounds of the 4x4, all from blocks. Uh, and then the, the I remember the first, the first leg. I'm not, I don't watch the the really at all because I didn't I didn't run badly. I, mean, I ran 45 and a half on the first leg uh, of the four by four, which is which is the long leg. Yeah. Uh, but, but as you know, the 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 stagger is so big in a four by four. And again, we were on the inside, and the USA were on the outside, uh, outside of of, of us. Yeah. And uh, on my leg, I ran 45 and a half, which is respectable for the first leg. But the US ran a, ran a world record for the first leg, around 43.8. <laughs> so because even because of the extended stagger, it looks like I, I came into the home straight about half an hour after he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, even though when you hand the baton over, you can see that we're basically kind of equally second with the Germans and the East Germans and stuff. It just looks ridiculous. It looks as if I was jogging. So I never watch it, and it's the biggest disappointment for me is, is not getting a medal in that in that Olympics. Right. Okay. 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 Well, you obviously weren't overawed by. It. I mean, you produced your best at the at the right time. I mean, but by that by that time, you've got to remember, I'd run, you know, I'd already won European indoor silver. Mm. Uh, in fact, I did the European indoor silver. Um, I think it was the seventh fastest time of all time. Um, in Budapest. Uh, so you know, I'd, I'd, I'd done that uh, that year. Um, I'd also done the Worlds in '87. I'd done this, you know, I'd done um, Europeans and Commonwealths. So you know, I, I was fairly bedded in as an international athlete, and I think I had a great year in '88. I mean, I ran, you know, 45 seconds 12 times or something. Mm. Um, you know, I, I was in really, really good shape in '88. And again, I think because I was, you know, I could be seen. I still talk about this stuff because I was rubbing shoulders with such talent, such people who winning was the norm. That, that undeniably rubs off. You know that 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 attitude of yeah, I'm I'm going to get on the podium, uh, kind of rubs off. So um, as you say, the rooms that we walked about in. You, know, you bump with people you bump into, people are still bump into, um, mm. undeniably rubs off. So not overall, I mean, 45.2, I'm at 45.2 shutting down, I have to say, in the last 50 metres. Um, you know, and I, I wish I'd just kept the foot down. It's easy to say now, take the Scottish <laughs> record. Uh, but, I, but, you know, um, I, I, ran, I ran, as I said, they say you should always run your personal best at the biggest championships. And I can say that I did, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, good, good. What was the, um, sticking with that, I mean, it's unavoidable. The biggest thing at that Olympics was Ben Johnson testing positive. Uh, yeah. Obviously a massive story at the time. We, you know, and I know as a, as a fan of the sport, it was shocking as a fan. Uh, what was the reaction like in the Olympic Village when that news emerged? Uh, you're not surprised. Really? Yeah. Not, not, not surprised that he was a drugs cheat. Quite surprised that the powers that be were prepared to to to, uh, to to go after him, uh, and and there's, there's there's a lot of rumours behind that. But there's a couple of people found out about the drug test. Therefore, it had to, it had to you know it had to come out. They couldn't hide it. Um, but I mean, not surprised. I mean, everybody knew. I, mean, I ran against Ben Johnson in '86 in the mm. 200 metres. You know, uh, and he wasn't that size. He didn't look like that. Mm. Uh, I think, and he was running ten three at that time. Two yeah. years later, he was running nine seven. Don't think so. Yeah, yeah. So it was a, there was a, people knew, people knew then. Yeah, I mean, and, and there was a, you know, I think that's one of the things people go on about. You know, I I knew that a lot of people I was running against, Eastern Bloc, UNC, mm. were on drugs. Dan yeah. Robinson told me. See, in 1986, the last race I did before going to Europeans was in Athens. And it was it was a kind of late night meet. And I remember um, after the meet, going back to the hotel and, and just getting, you know, a bite to eat and a coffee out and outside on the, you know, the street, as you do in Athens. And it was with Daryl Robinson, who was the, at that time, he was the junior world record holder. Okay. And he basically just told me they were all on drugs. He told me. You know, and, I, and, I, and a young guy, I'm, I'm looking at him going, but, but, but 
that's cheating. <laughs> you know? Aye. And he went, well, I'm earning $80,000 a year. I'm not giving that up. I said, but, but, but it's cheating. <laughs> I, couldn't get, I couldn't say anything else, but, but you're cheating. So I, I knew, we all knew that, that we were running against people who were drug cheats. You know, so it's not surprising. I mean, it's surprising that they were prepared to catch Ben Johnson. Yeah. I'm not so sure that everybody was prepared to catch him, but the right people come. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I can tell you, I can go through the race, um, you know, the 400-meter semifinals. Let's put it this way. I, I, I reckon I should have been top six, top five. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. But, yeah, yeah. But, but the bottom line, everybody, why did you keep going? Well, because it was always personal to me. It was always, how fast can I go? Mm, mm. Well, you, you, you must you must have been motivated. I mean, can you take us back to, you're obviously in good shape then. You must have been motivated, despite what you're saying there, to keep motivation going. Just take me back to, you know, to what training was like. So I don't think I should, I like getting shot on this as much as it should in athletics, but it's a lot of painful graft, isn't it, to, to get to the top in athletics. Oh, Absolutely brutal graft. So just take us back to you know a training day of yours. I'm in the snow, let's say, in air. You know, just just paint the picture of a, a brutal training scene. What training yeah, I mean, session? I saw, I mean, I, I, in '88 during the winter, I trained in air in Trin, uh, where the boys were in California. I could be seeing them in California, and I I was I was a grafter. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't, a, I wasn't a Roger Black and a Derek Redmond who, who obviously, obviously big grafters as well, but massively talented. I was a grafter, so I, I would do 12 to 15 training sessions a week. So I'd get up in the morning, pull my kit on, me and the dog would go for a run uh, around the golf course or along the beach, come back, I'd go to the gym, do a session in the gym, um, and three times a week. So that, so I would do that five times a week. Um, it was two, two sessions, two sessions five times a week, three sessions uh, three times a week. But I go so I get down to the track and just, and I said this the other day in chamber we were talking about. Um, I, I was on a, a podcast on a, 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 talking about a, a report of the um, international sportsmen, um, their life expectancy. And this, this big report about life expectancy of elite athletes. I'm just pleased to hear that I'm going to get an extra five years in my dotage to annoy my children. Um, but I was saying, you know, that we're doing a speech about them living well long. Um, and if you want to live well long, you've got to live well young. And one of the things I said was that you know, I reckon it was the, it's the actual the regime, the mental mental aspect of, of training that, that, that stands you in good stead for the rest of the, the rest of your life, and that. Um, but I did say that you know, it's, it's a, it's a, there's an irony in being told you're going to live an extra five years longer when for 10 years I basically uh, you know, had near-death experiences every, every week. <laughs> because, you know, the ability to, to, you know, especially in my event, 400, 800, the ability to ship lactic is, is, is you know, a huge element of, 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 the, the, of your event. And... And in 400, 800, you're shipping 25 millimoles and above regularly. For the general public, if they got to four or five millimoles, you know, fall over and die. You know, and, and it is basically, you know, it's, it's, you're on fire. <laughs> you know, stop lying down. Somebody got a wheelbarrow and get whittle off the track. You know, it, it, it's, it's, you know, I think about the the extremes that we pushed ourselves to in Scottish weather. Yeah, day in day out. Um, you know, it, it, it's you know the glamour bit of it's such a small percent where the, that that kind of unglamorous graft, freezing cold, snow, rain, wind, rain stuff is uh, is the majority of, of of what an athlete's life is like. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're making me feel cold just talking about it. So let's go. Let's go indoors then. Tell us about <laughs> tell us about your indoor career because you did have some success, there, didn't you? At um, you did, indoors uh, two two years in a row. I did. I mean, I, I was uh, eighty seven. Um, what happened? I went full time in eighty six mm. after winning Europeans, and immediately contracted a viral uh, viral uh, some sort of virus that kept me out for three months. So eighty seven. That was the first time there was an abrupt. I mean, I, I'd sort of, it was almost 
huge chunks. I was getting better by huge chunks every year. In 87 was the first year that didn't happen. I made the world team, but didn't make the final four by four mm-hmm. or the individual. Um, and I'm, I'm a full-time athlete, you know, and, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I didn't run particularly, I went 46-2 or something, having run 45-3 the year before. Um, went back into 88 and, and uh, the 88 winter and, uh, or 87, 88 winter and just really got my head down. I mean, it was, that was the first big setback I'd ever had. Got my head down and then went to, and I started running indoors. I did my first Scottish record at the Kelvin Hall. And uh, it was 47-1 or something. I can't remember what it was. Winning a race, and it was great. And then I, I got the chance to uh, you know, to go to the European indoors. And I went to European indoors and I ran 46-9 in the in the heat, another Scottish record. Then I ran 46-8 in the semi-final beat the world record holder, Thomas Schoenleber. I'm thinking, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm flying here. And then ran 45-9. <laughs> In the final, which was the indoors, was the seventh fastest time of all time. Wow! And still got beat by an East German, funny enough. Uh, <laughs> say no more. Uh, that's never been revisited. Uh, and all of a sudden, you're you're on the map again. And the boys were all in 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 California at the time. And word got back to them that I'd run 45 nine indoors, and nobody believed it because <laughs> you can't run 45 <laughs> indoors. <laughs> oh yes, you can. Um, and uh, it's obvious. I mean, and I'm a big guy as well. I'm, I'm six foot three, so yeah. you really shouldn't be able to run uh, that well indoors. It's so a, lot tighter, a lot tighter. But I think it's a strength-based mm. uh, event, more uh, 400 meters indoors. And I'm, I'm very much a strength-based athlete, not a speed-based athlete. Um, and uh, you know, so I could run close to the red line, you know, for longer than most. And, and obviously, 88, I was, it was, you know, I, 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 that really was a springboard into a, a season of running 45 seconds uh, and culminating the Olympic Games. And in 89, when I, I got a silver medal again, I was really disappointed because I wanted the gold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'd moved up to 800s at that point, but I ran the four. Uh, and then I, I, I just I didn't start well in that and, and ended up getting beaten by a Spanish guy. And then I, I, ran, I ran the Worlds that year as well, the fifth in the Worlds that year as well. So, yeah, I mean, indoors has always been pretty good to me, to be honest. I've run five European indoors, uh, made the final of the 800 metres twice, withdrew in Glasgow when it was supposed yeah. to be against, me against Tommy McKean. Uh, having beaten them in the Commonwealth 800 metres um, I had to withdraw because I woke up in the morning ill which was gutting because imagine the home crowd yeah. two Scots, Scots local boys kicking living daylights out of each other <laughs> just coming back with great shape because we've just come back from the Commonwealth Games um, so I mean, so, I mean indoors has always been Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky Lucky? In line at the deli I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office More than once actually Do I have to say? Yes you do In the car before my kids PTA meeting Really? Yes Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky I never win and tell Well there you have it, you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com Play for free right now, are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary, void where prohibited by law 18 plus, terms and conditions apply, see website for details Good to me. Good, good. Why, why did you um? What was the um? Why did you jump up? Did you think you did? did you'd finished at four hundred meters. You could do no more. Or I'm running just... forty three. I'm running forty three seconds at four hundred meters. I can't run forty three. Right. Okay. Okay. You know, they're going through two hundred meters in twenty one flat, twenty point nine. That's me flat out. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. That's so. It got to you know to run to run. I'd have to run, you know, look at maybe run twenty two, twenty two. You had to, yeah, almost to get a medal. You had to run forty four flat. Yeah, yeah. And, and I reckon my, my top, I was probably forty four seven ish, was as far as I could go. So all of a sudden, if you want to win major championships, global medals, mm. you know, forty four seven, forty four eight isn't cutting it. But it's still quite a difference. You're stepping out of a sprint event into an endurance event, essentially, aren't you? I mean, I know that's the next event up, but it's quite a difference between those two events, isn't it? Physiologically, not hugely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, psychologically, massively different. 
I think it helped. I'd come from 800, 1500 meter running in my, in right. my, in my youth. You know, I got silver in the Scottish schools, 800 and all that kind of stuff. Um, still, in all of it, it was, it was, it was a mental break, mental, you know, it's a mental game. You know, I trained pretty hard and first year, I had to get, I had to run uh, inside 140. So, the good thing for me it was the Commonwealth that was coming first. Mm. My qualifying time was 147. The 1990 in Auckland, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I had a personal best for 800 or 150 point three or something uh, when I started training for 800s. And uh, but I, I mean I couldn't break 150. Well, the first race, this is the, the first race I ever did at 800 was at the West Districts Championships against Tommy McKean. Yeah. And we went through in a uh, 59 something. And he won it in 149.8, and I won around 150.1. <laughs> the second, it was, it was, you know, the, and the next person in after us was 156. <laughs> he just took off from 300 metres out and just, you know, but I could, I, so I could run 150, running 59 first lap. And, I, and to be fair to Andy Norman, he let me into all sorts of races. I ran 52s, and I still ran 150. I just, somehow or other couldn't make it click. The first time I broke 150, I ran 147.8. You know, and then the next race I ran 147.2, and the next race I ran 146.7. Mm. So it was it was jump 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 really quickly, but it was a mental it was a mental thing, really. Yeah, but you you obviously made a decent transition. I mean, you got to the final at the Commonwealth Games, and it was quite a significant race, that wasn't it? In many ways. Yeah, again another big disappointment of mine. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, I could back and down the home straight and buy Tommy McKean and Seb Co. And then get yeah. caught on the line, get caught on the line, uh, you know, and, and, and off the podium by Matt Yates, the only time he ever beat me in his entire life, and the race yeah. that he wasn't involved in at any point in time <laughs> until no. the last years. But that's that's the bottom line, isn't it? That, that's racing, isn't it? You know, uh, um, it was Sebco's Seb last race, wasn't it? It was Sebco's last ever race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I did. I mean, I went around the world 800 meters as well. I mean, I. I I didn't do what I should have done. I ran 145.4 or something, 145.47. But never really, uh, I didn't really make the impact I could have, I should have done. And a lot of that, that wasn't physical, a lot of that is mental. It's a, it's a different kind of race, 800 metres, and trying to learn it. I only did it for four years. I never gave myself enough a shot at it. But, I mean, in 1990, Commonwealths, that race, you know, is, 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 is kind of infamous. It was, you know... The Kenyans had a team. Tommy McKean's Tommy coach, Tommy Boyle, come to me and we chatted through. He says, I think you and Tommy should run it as a team. And uh, I thought, oh, I. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, I. Uh-huh. I've heard this. They said, look, why don't the two of you go to the front and break the Kenyans up and then sort it out amongst yourselves in the last 200 metres? So I did that. I, I, I went out really hard. And went went across, broke the Kenyans up, and I looked for Tommy, and he bottled it. He was at the back. Yeah. He didn't go for it. Uh, so the whole thing, the whole, and and and, and I think an experience cost me a, a podium. I ended up fourth, but inexperience really cost me a podium there. Uh, but it was it was because I only really at that point I'd only done one season of 800 meters, mm-hmm. um, and only just learned to run uh, a bit quicker. Um, and uh, but but yeah, I, I just remember coming down the home, having been bought, got myself boxed, stupidly cold boxed me, getting getting out and then running by Tommy McKean and, and took Seb Co in the home straight, and then two meters out getting dipped by Matt Yates. Yeah, such is life. Tough one. But in a funny sort of way, you made up for it in the relay with a, a gang of, well, a motley crew of not 400 meter runners, like 300 meter runners and a yeah, 400 as well. <laughs> Yeah, and I ran 44.7 in the last leg. You know, right. you, got, you got your medal then. <laughs> I got I got my Commonwealth Games medal. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and I remember having to cat run down the Jamaicans as well to do it. Um, you know, it was it was quite. Uh, you know, it was obviously, you could say silver lining because it was a silver medal, but mm. um, it, it it did lessen the blow a bit, but not really. Yeah. I was desperate to get individual medals, you know. I've been fifth in the world and fifth in the Olympics and fourth in the Commonwealth and you know, yeah, oh, come on. 
yeah. yeah, 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 I get that, I get that, okay. Uh, you, yeah, we'll skip forward a little bit, but he obviously gets the next World Champ semi-finals in 91. Um, not bad semi-finals, of course, but I'm sure you wanted more. Um, also around this time, you're racing on, on all the big stages, you know, you're going to Rome, Bislett, Lausanne. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even places like Crystal Palace and Medibank were rocking at that time, weren't they? At, uh, yeah, you know, what 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 memories do you have of competing on the circuit? What was your favourite place to compete at? Um, everybody liked to go to Zurich. Mm. Zurich was great. Uh, loved Bislett in Oslo. I've won the 800 metres in Bislett, one of the weirdest races you will ever see in your life. Wow, you won in Bislett, wow. I was last at the bell. And in, in there was 13 of us. It was the first time that uh, Quebec ran in Europe. Remember Robert Quebec? Yeah, yeah. I went 42-8 or something. Um, and he, he just went mental. And I remember running, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm running terrible here. I, I, I'm, I'm at the back, and I feel like I'm running quick. And I remember going through the bell and having a wee glance to the left at the scoreboard. And it made 48-7. <laughs> Quebec went through 48-7. I went through about 51 and a half. I was last last of 13 at Bell. I was third with 200 metres to go. And there was nobody left standing the time I came into the home straight on my own. It was, it was the most bizarre race you'll ever see. There was people falling over all over the place. 48-7 he went through. And <laughs> but, you know, things Brussels, I mean, I get into... I, I, I got there's a, there's almost a habitual thing. Brian Whittle just uh, yeah Brian Whittle's in. I was in races really I don't think I should have been in. But but just because I was on this I was a regular on the circuit I just got in everywhere. So I ran all all the big races. You know mm. Brussels was a great one to be in. Lausanne's a great one to be in. You know all the it was you know I was traipsing around Europe. You know running these huge big races it was it was. You know, and I'll, I've got to say, the bit I used to like was the four-hour lunches we used to have because you had nothing else to do. So everybody used to gather and just sit. You'd eat your lunch and just sit and talk. And, you know, all these legends of sport would come in and out. And uh, it, it was really, really, you know, I remember I was having um, a dinner with, with Chris uh, not that long ago and we were just saying, no matter what we ever do in life, we'll never... We'll never have it that good again. Because mm. it was just, it was just, you know, I was doing, I was doing my hobby for a living, and I was doing it among just some absolutely incredible people. Uh, who would you hang about with at those meetings then? Who, who was, who was good company? Uh, and and who was bad? Who was bad company? Who, who did you have to avoid as well? <laughs> I was, I mean, obviously Tommy, Tommy McKean was there. I usually remember him. But you know, the usual, you know, Chris. Roger, all the four before guys, um, Australians, you know, Darren Clark, Miles Murphy guys, was with them. Uh, even the Kenyan guys knew them really well, and and some of the Americans. You know, you, you, because you're on the tour, you're all moving around the tour together almost. You know, you, you could, but it's mostly the the, the Brits, you know, Limford, you know, and Colin Jackson and. Chris and, and Roger and all those people, you, you, you'd be maybe a bit, we a table with maybe about 12 or 14 people, you know, around it, just, you know, putting the worlds to right, you know, that's it, that's it, talking yeah. about everything and everything. <laughs> that's it, yeah. So all, on to the next Olympics, did, did it make Barcelona, did you? Was it, was injury the issue there? I, uh, you know, Barcelona had a complete racket of the race. The, 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 I missed it by seven hundredths of a second. I made a complete rickets of the trials. Um, I'd, uh, I, I think there was a, com- a crisis of confidence as well. I'd, uh, I'd run the qualifying time. Got that out of the way, um, and I, I went across to a race in Italy somewhere. I can't remember exactly when Italy it was, uh, and it went all wrong. And, I, and that was my last race for the trials. And I turned up at the trials and just that 1% of confidence makes a massive bit of difference in a race. You make a wrong decision, you make a wrong move. And, I, and I'm, and, you know, I just, I, I, I just, for the first, it was the first championship that I missed mm. since 1986. And it was, it was a bit of a shock. And I thought that, that was me, that was my career over, quite frankly. 
because uh, I mean I didn't earn a lot of money. I had to race. Getting to championships was really important, yeah. especially for you know for shoot contracts and stuff like that. I thought that was it. And I remember driving up the road and it was in Birmingham the trials. I knew I wouldn't get picked, no matter what I you know I qualified and done all those races. It was first two past the post in the trials, and I ran really badly and they just didn't make it. And that was, you know, that was a big shock. What do you, sorry to bring that back, what what do you do during the Olympics? Do you watch it or do you just shut yourself off from it all? Uh, I made a decision not to watch it. Yeah. Looking at it out of the corner of my eye. (laughs) 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 You see what was happening. I I didn't didn't watch a lot of it. It It was painful. Yeah. It was painful to do that. Uh, but I mean, because I, I, it's your mates. I, that was the hard. So the hardest bit for me was all my friends were over there. Yeah. I was here playing golf, waiting for them to come back so I could race them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair play, fair play. So you, you did dabble with the four hurdles, didn't you, after that? In 93, I did. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, you know, I chatted to Chris last week. That was my event. That should have been my event. Um, um, I was absolutely flying. You know, um, I, I was, you know, I, I really made a massive commitment to it, training really, really hard, and I tore my hamstring to shreds uh, during the indoor Scottish 200 metres. Um, I never really recovered from that outdoors, tried to recover from that. Knee got a bit sore because my, my right hand string, left knee. I ran 50 point. I only ran about four four races. Mm-hmm. I ran 50 point. When I at the time when I was only really running about 47 for 400, you know, you need to be running 45 flat really where I was before. And uh, because my knee had been sore, we decided not to not to pursue 400 meter hurdles. Um, again, that, that I think that that was my event. That really was my event that uh, I should have gone earlier to that, to be honest. Okay, okay. But you did go back to 400 metres then, didn't you, after that, for a bit? 94, back to 400, you know, early on, 94 ran uh, 45.4. I was back, I went back to, you know, really quickly. Um, One European gold again, that 94. In the relay, yeah. That's the third time in row, wasn't it, as well, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we did all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's been quite good. It's been quite good to me. Um, and uh, again, a couple of daft decisions. I should have been picked for the individual. I wasn't. Uh, they, they decided to take some new blood. Um, and uh, I didn't get picked for the individual. Uh, and then went to the Commonwealth in '94. My knee was absolutely wrecked yeah. at that time. Absolutely wrecked. I, an op- I ended up an operation. But if I ended up an operation at the end of '93. My, my, the hurdles and uh, didn't run it was like October didn't run to the January just worked out at the gym and still managed to get to the Europeans and get the four before by the time I got to the Commonwealth uh, which turned out to be my last uh, major championships uh, when he couldn't take it and I, 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 ran, I remember running the semi-final it just wouldn't work mm. yeah, I, had to, I had to pull out was, was that it? Was there a specific retirement to moments where you said, that's it, I'm done? No, I I, uh, I, I retired in 96. Okay. Uh, 95, I, I got myself back into great shape and hurt my hamstring. Uh, and 96, before Atlanta, I was in, I mean, really was in good shape in Atlanta and I went over my ankle and broke my ankle. Oh. Just before, just before the games. And that was a sickener. Having... Missed most of 95, or not, not been able to, 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 to do myself justice in 95, and then missing Atlanta in 96. At that point, I'm 32 years old. Yeah. I'm not going around again. Uh, so I, I just, I, I just, sick, I got sickened off, actually. It's never physical, it's always mental. Yeah, uh, yeah. I stepped away at that point. I couldn't make a living from it at that point, because that was two years of not going to major champs. Yeah. Yeah. Also, '96 was officially when I retired. Okay, but you did dabble with rugby, didn't you? Just remind me about that now. I did. Uh, well, at the time when I retired in '96, I was coaching at Kamara Rugby Football Club. 
And I remember going to the coach and saying, because uh, I played rugby before, I used to warm up playing touch rugby with the guys and all that sort of stuff. And I said to the coach, John McHarg, I said, um, I fancy a game this week, John, any chance? Thinking, thirds, you know. Mm-hmm. So he stuck me on the bench for the ones, <laughs> <laughs> as you do. And I came on with 20 minutes to go and scored three tries. Huh. <laughs> Were you well, a winger, I assume, yeah? I was on the wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept my shorts very clean. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, and it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was hilarious actually, because I'd been a couple of New Zealand boys inside me, so, who are really, really excellent players, and they're all the clever guys. They create the space and give it to the guy on the outside who could run ten six, and in a rugby pitch that's quite handy, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the league we were in. And uh, I remember skinning the, the winger. Cut and just went outside them. And they're used because they'll, they'll judge a space for, and, and just missed it. And I, was, I went outside them. And I remember hearing them say to the standoff, kick it back to Whittle, I want another goal. <laughs> so the standoff dropped, turned around and dropped it and landed in my hands and I skinned them again. <laughs> <laughs> At the half, he went back to the half and the standoff turned around the way and go, Do you want another goal? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, that's, that's, that's good. So the problem, that might be the worst thing that can happen to me because John Beatty uh, on rugby. Yeah, BBC he, was poor. Well, ex-international, wasn't he, as well? Yeah. And the British Lion, but he, he, did, yeah. he, did rugby special, he did rugby special on a Sunday. Yeah. He comes down to see me and does a huge big interview. For, so now the whole of the rugby community know that I'm here and they were waiting for me. <laughs> Every day, I mean, they knew I was coming. Uh, and and so they, they you know every time I got the ball it was, it was I'm sure, I swear to God these players must, these teams had about 20 people on the park because they all swarmed. <laughs> uh, but no, I loved it. I, I mean I did, I did I played for Camarnock um, then I went to uh, Glasgow High Kelvin side and then down to here. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, good bit of fun, good bit of fun. And then let's go for it. So, so politics is the thing now, isn't it? Was, has politics always been something you've been interested in? We we were quite politically motivated for years, or or not? I, mean, I was interested in politics, you know. Yeah. Interested enough, interested enough to watch Question Time. Yeah. You know, and and interested enough to you know, I, never been a member of a political party. Hmm. But you know, but but knew a couple of politicians and whatnot, local politicians and whatnot. And I, I uh, it was during the independence uh, ref- campaign in 2014. Um, I was asked to to to, to help out, um, and I did a bit of stuff for the, the, the Better Together campaign. Did a wee bit of, uh, I got all our guys uh, to sign a, a letter. So I said, can you get any of your friends to sign a letter to say that you know they, they, you you want you know uh, Scotland to stay within the United Kingdom? Mm. So it was Com- Commonwealth, if you remember, 2014. So it was Daly, yeah. Cramie, Roger Black, <laughs> Chris Akabusi, all, all those guys mm-hmm. to sign this letter. And I was doing some, I was doing some stuff. And I was asked to go on a television programme to debate what would happen to Scottish sport in an independent Scotland. And uh, so I went, I, I, did, I did, I thought it'd be quite an interesting, I never thought of it from that angle, I thought it'd be quite interesting. And it was myself and Shona Robeson went on that programme and she was, the, she was the health minister at the time. Sports minister, and one of the things that politicians shouldn't do is is try and debate with people who actually know what they're talking about. Um, and you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't a, a hostile debate. It was more of a discussion, really. Um, I still got on well with Shona, um, but bottom line is, she gets shown up because I actually know the figures. <laughs> I actually know what goes on in in, in, uh, in the world of sport. And uh, I get absolutely castigated for that on on social media and in the street and all this sort of stuff by the the the, the yes campaign. Mm. And I went, to, I spoke, a friend of mine um, was speaking at a conference and had to withdraw and phone me up and said, "Will you step in for me?" And they asked me to do a bit of sport, a bit of politics. So I, did, I spoke at this conference and I was I was quite bitter. I was just, I'm chipping both shoulders. I used a lot of the Billy Connolly stuff, you know, the desire to be a politician should ban you from life and never being one, you know, don't vote for me, just <laughs> them, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I was quite bitter about politics, the whole of politics, because I thought, I, 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 
been on the inside, I saw an inside view of politics, and it's a very false, you know, a very false uh, place to be. Um, but who follows me onto the stage but Ruth Davidson? Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd never met before. Okay. Uh, she's obviously a leader of the, uh, the Scottish Conservatives at the time and yeah. she's a big, big player on the, the Better Together campaign. First words she says to, says to the audience, wouldn't he make a good politician? <laughs> Without actually knowing what my, where my political allegiances lay. Obviously, you, you, I was in the, 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 you know, I wanted to remain part of the United Kingdom. But she came up and spoke to me afterwards and I said, you're having a laugh with did you hear what I was just saying there? And but she kept on and on and on, chipping away, chipping away. And I've, I've been on a campaign for many decades around kids and sport and the importance of kids getting access to sport and the impact that has on the social fabric, uh, mm. community fabric. And I thought to myself, right at the last minute, I thought, actually, this might give me another platform to, to say this, not thinking I would ever get in, you know, because I wasn't going to get parachuted into a safe seat. I wanted to stand in somewhere where I actually had, you know, a, a resonance with. I knew, so I stood in a place where you can't, you can't win. That's the Tory. You know, it's the second safest seat in the whole of Britain. Uh, but that's where I stood. I only stood because I thought I could get this, this message. I get another platform to get this message out. And so I did. I did all that, and and. Uh, I went home after the after the you know the, the the vote, and I got a text at six o'clock in the morning. I just got to my bed at six seven o'clock in the morning, and I got a text from Finn Carson, who was at the count, to say, "Are you paying attention?" And I'll paraphrase here. I said, "Go away, I'm sleeping." Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you really need to pay attention. Switch your telly on. So I switched the television on, and it was the South of Scotland region because we've got a kind of hybrid system up here. Yeah. The South of Scotland region votes. I thought, oh, well, we've done quite well. We might get somebody else in. <laughs> and my name appeared. Wow. Like, All right. And my phone melted. I mean, my phone just went mad. And Ruth texts me and says, that's absolutely fantastic. I'll see you at work on Monday. I'm thinking, this Monday? <laughs> I've got a job. I didn't even know what happened if you got voted in. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not even got to that. And I remember I, pulled, I, pulled, I thought I switched my phone off. I pulled my kit on, put headphones on, and went for a run to try and work out what the hell I was going to do. And I, I just I thought, I can't say to no, I don't want to do it anymore. What am I going to do? So yeah, it's not it's not like a job application. Once you once you've been voted in, you're in, aren't you? And <laughs> I, I, I rocked up at Holyrood. They gave me a, you know, my pass. I got my got all my security stuff done. Showed me where my office was, and get on with it. And Ruth gave me the shadow health and sport brief, and just got on with it. And I thought, well, if you're going to leave Brian Whittle to get on with stuff and not give him any, you better brace yourself. You know, uh, and and I did. I, I you know I, I went at it. I mean, I, the first thing I did was I produced. I did a big study. I, did, I produced a paper on change in Scotland's relationship with food, drink, and physical activity, and, and did all of that stuff, which has now been represented, by the way, six and a half years later. It's back at the front. That that paper's back at the front again. Um, and and you, you just you don't. There's no there's no playbook. You just turn up and go. <laughs> that's it go wow. no induction nothing no nothing. <laughs> you go. It. yeah it's like that it's, they're trying to get better but it's not right wow uh, you're not the first athlete to go into politics though are you? i mean you know sebco comes Ming. to mind chris chad ming campbell of course yeah uh yeah. kate hoey it's quite a lot are there, are yeah. there any similarities there between that's prepared i mean resilience i suppose is one isn't it <laughs> yeah thick skin resilience you know uh, understanding the media is, is, is yeah. you know, by the way, the political media are wild. Um, they're always your best friend, right until right until they stab you in the back. Um, um, but no, I, I think that I mean there are there are there's no doubt about it that, that uh, sport high was a good grounding for going into politics. It is competitive, you know. It is yeah. people are coming after you all the time. Uh, I think. You know, for me personally, thinking outside the box, 
you know, um, not taking no for an answer, you know, prepare to go head to head with, you know, with people and, 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 and shout your corner. Um, you know, I, th- I think I think definitely helps. But confidence, resilience, you know, all that kind of stuff, aspiration, all those ethereal things that I talk about in the chamber all the time as the as the uh, as, as big um, solutions to big problems we have in this country. You know, uh, and everybody goes, oh yes, and then does nothing about it. <laughs> A lot of people agree with what I say around you know building. That that confidence, resilience, aspiration, you know, into into children, you know, those lessons learned outside the classroom that help you inside the classroom, and that that that, that battleground of of the education system, um, um, being being crucial in, in how we tackle all, a lot of today's current problems, um, that without question helps, you know. Mm. There's there's a certain arrogance to international sport. And there's certainly a lot of arrogance in politics. <laughs> <laughs> it seems it seems to me, I mean, you'll, you'll be across this far more than I am, but it seems to me the um, in Scotland and in the wider UK, we do seem to be uh, very successful at elite level now. You know, every every Olympics, Team GB rock up and do very well. The Scot- and same in Scotland as well. The athletes are doing very well. The rugby yeah. team's doing very well now. Lots of great su- cycling, very success stories, swimming as well. Football but we still, again. But we still, what's that? The football? Yeah, football's picking up again. Yeah, but but equally the um the grassroots, it just seems that yeah. we're still getting less active, we're still getting more obese, less kids are getting engaged. There's there's this big disconnect there. How do we? It's yeah. the sixty four thousand dollar question. Yeah, how do you bridge that? How do you square that? Well, you do. Well, actually, it, you know, it takes a bit of bravery. Um, we are the unhealthiest nation in Europe, in Scotland. You know, the third, obese, third most obese country in the world. Um, high levels of type 2 diabetes, you know, high levels of poor mental health. And guess what's happened over the last, uh, during that period of time? Uh, participation in sport has dropped. Yeah. And they're all, and, 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 and they'll have to, you have to link that up. Now, if I was in Westminster, I'd be saying the same thing, um, but with bigger budgets. Uh, but the, 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 as I said, the battleground for me, is the education system, the educational environment. You know, when we talk about education, I think I'm an educator because I still coach. So that I count that as education. How we link up community, community sport with 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 school. I never understood why you get six weeks of basketball, you enthuse the kids to play basketball, at the end of six weeks there's nowhere nowhere to play basketball. You know, so for me it's just trying to link, make make better links with community. It's making better links with national governing body. It's funding it properly. Um, I mean, I managed to, you know, I came in, I think the, the um, sports budget was about 38 million. Uh, I managed to get it up to 80 odd million. Sounds loads. It's nothing. We spent 26 billion on health and education, billion. Um, and, and, and we're spending peanuts on sport. Um, I tried to get into our manifesto uh, a sports budget of 250 million, uh, taking it out of and calling it health and health and education, um, and and it is because what I'm trying to say is that if you take if you take them if you spend the money in that page of the ledger, it doesn't appear on the other page of the ledger, a bigger number. So if you can, but you but we have to get politicians to start thinking outside of a political cycle. My very first speech in Parliament, I, I used the quote, uh, the quote, you can achieve anything as long as you don't mind who gets the credit. Um, because if we start this process off, it'll be 20 years down the road that politicians will claim it was their idea. And the benefit happens down there. So it, it, is, it is around how we, it's not about elite sport, although the byproduct is elite sport, it's about using sport as a tool, uh, not 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 you not not getting them into sport for sport's sake. It's you, but the same can be said for music and art and drama and all these things that get cut out of the education system are getting cut out of the education system. They're the easy target in the education system because we're all so involved in maths 
in English, and you know, and, and, and this, you know, that if you want to be good at maths and English, actually, the way to deal with that is to get confidence, resilience, and <laughs> aspiration, yeah. and that, you need you need those are the tools you need to apply to these to to, to all all kinds of, of of learning, and somehow or other they're not brave enough. Can't persuade people to be brave enough yet. Even my own party, I haven't managed to get them to be brave enough. Uh, but I'm speaking at the conference next week. Even though my portfolio now is, edu- is is environment, biodiversity and land reform, and my previous one was health and sport, which I still get hauled into, I'm actually speaking at the conference about education and using education as a health and wellbeing tool. So I've finally gone onto a platform at a party conference, at a political mm. party conference. But it's taken yeah. seven years. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I've worked in sports for... Oh. <laughs> 25 years or so now and, and you know I, I'm fully aware you don't have to convince me I'm fully aware of the benefits that go beyond I don't contribute to the metal factory you know I'm not that, <laughs> I'm not that talented but I recognize the role that sport has in people's lives is just way beyond that in character building in social connectivity you know resilience just gives you those life skills um so yeah. we can talk about this talk about this endlessly tell me tell me how you are so you've got a lot on your plate there obviously T- tell me how you are still specifically involved in athletics or do you have any time for that at all uh, one of the things I, I very specifically held on to uh, was coaching. Mm. Um, I, uh, you know, it keeps me grounded. You know, uh, there's an unreal, unrealness about about politics. And it's not real life. We we think we're the, you know, I think a lot of people forget that we're public servants. <laughs> you know, right. we're there to serve. We're not there to tell people what to do. Um, so I, I, it grounds me. I think and I'm, I'm working with uh, so 14, 15 year olds at the moment, um, and 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 doing that two or three times a week. I still go along, obviously, to the athletics meets, you know, to, as a coach, and it reminds me why I do what I do, uh, and and it's something that I really, really enjoy doing as well. Um, you know, I think you know, I'm lucky, but as we talked about there, you know, mental health. We all we can we all suffer from 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 various levels of, of mental health and poor mental health. We've all, everybody does. It's a sliding scale. But I can come back and I can pull my kit on and go for a run. Or if you, I don't know if you see in the wall back here, there's a, there's, a, there's guitars, there's, there's, there's guitars. Yeah. There's five of them over there, by the way. And <laughs> um, I can come in and, and and pick my guitar up, and smash out some ACDC for 20 minutes, and, and that is very very cathartic and very therapeutic. And um, so I, I, you know. I, I, it's something that I enjoy doing and don't want to let go of that connection. And so on a Monday night, I coach, then go through to Parliament and stay right through until Thursday. And I come home on a Thursday night and go straight to the track in my full suit and regalia and, and, and coach there and then at the weekends uh, uh, as well, if, if needed. And it's that bookending of my parliamentary week in, in Parliament. I know Mondays and Fridays, Saturdays, we're out in the, out in the constituency. That bookending my week for me, is really, really important. That's good. It's good to hear you're still very much involved in Brian. Good. Good. Well, well, thanks a million for your time today. It's been great. Great catching up with you. Yeah, you too, mate. Okay. Anytime. Nice to see you, Chris. Take care. Thanks, Brian. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Athletics Life Stories with Chris Broadbent. Please tell your friends and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. Podcast Network.